You're listening to the Ecological Podcast, all about our positive partnerships with horses and other animals through work and play. Your hosts are Rebecca Bayliss from Little Green Stables and Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Partnerships. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Well, welcome to another exciting episode of our podcast. I'm actually um, co-hosting this one with my friend, good friend Becky and fellow fellow physio. We're currently sitting in a field full of cows and we're keeping an eye on them to make sure they don't suddenly surprise us. But anyway, as I'm I'm meeting Becky today, we thought we would do a joint um, session on physiotherapy because we haven't actually done a session. Well, for my podcast, we haven't done a session on that yet. We haven't on my podcast either. Oh, well, there you go. Because we're both joint podcasters. So, Becky, do you want to introduce yourself? So, yeah, well, I'm going to put this on my podcast too, so yeah. people will know me. So we'll have to do a both well, yeah, well, introduction. You, you introduce, so introduce yeah. me, and then you introduce yeah, you. Yeah, do so, that. Go, um, go I'm Becky, it. Rebecca Bayless from Little Grin Stables, and I also co-host the Ecological Podcast with Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Equine Partners. Um, and we have a weekly podcast that goes out about mainly about horses and horse training, but we mm. cover lots and lots of subjects too. And I'm a physio. Uh, veterinary physio so work with horses and dogs and occasionally cats I have I have worked on the odd rabbit and uh, and a tortoise (laughs) and you've got birds and I've got birds yeah Yeah, my parrots so lots of animals oh I have lots of my own animals yes (laughs) (laughs) to keep me busy I'm Harriet Kit Kat from Physio My Dog um hence the name Physio My Dog I do physiotherapy on dogs um, I'm based in Froome, Somerset, which isn't too far from Bath. And Becky, you're based about an hour away from me, so where's Yeah, that? near Taunton, in between Taunton and Chard, but I cover Somerset, Devon. Occasionally I dip into Dorset, but um, not very often. But yeah, Somerset, Devon, the sunny shine states. So what we thought we would do today is talk a little bit, as I mentioned a minute ago, talk a little bit more about physiotherapy, as, as, as we both haven't actually done any specific podcast on physiotherapy as a, as a particular topic so uh, as I say I specialize in dogs uh, Becky does more than just dogs so what I thought I would do is ask her to talk us through about what how she runs her physiotherapy sessions for horses and then we can talk a little bit more about how we work with dogs not on dogs we work with dogs as we work with all of our animals um, just to see, so it's the same kind of type of therapy, but actually sometimes when you're working on different animals, sometimes our approach and that type of thing might be slightly different. So Becky, I'm going to paint you a picture that you've just turned up to a brand new customer. You don't know, you know, you've only got obviously the information that you've had previously from the vet maybe and from, from the owner. Um, so you've got all the right paperwork, you've got all the right information that you need to know from the owner. Talk us through how you would then start that physiotherapy session. Okay, so it's always individual. Every physiotherapy session, like every animal, is individual. So the plan is going to be different for every horse, every dog, every cat, every rabbit and every tortoise, if you get to see the tortoises, um, that you see. So that's really important and I think both you and I are quite good at tailoring those needs to suit that animal. It's one of... I know you're very good at that and it's something that I try and strive to do as well. So making sure that we are seeing what the issues are, seeing what we can do to help, prioritising and what's good, what we can do to help make that animal feel and move a bit better. 
it is never just one thing mm. as again we both know mm. it's a whole environmental process so being a physio isn't just about the physical needs of that animal it really is a whole environmental look at yeah. that animal and and what they're doing now with horses it's slightly different to dogs unless you're using performance or sports dogs which mm. i do work with a lot of sports and performance dogs and i know you don't so much no. but um it is a different because yeah. we ride horses yeah. generally generally physios work with horses that are in ridden work and they can be in a very different amount of ridden work so they mm. could be the ones that go for the odd walk around the block with somebody sat on them they could be the ones that are out every weekend jumping big jumps and running through fields and etc etc so there's a lot of different modalities yeah. that the horse does that is very different to the dog so basically what the horse is job is and that in itself I'm putting that because make, it makes me mm. cringe a little bit mm. to say the horse's job mm. but that is really what I'm talking about with the owners because mm. I have six horses and I just love them there are they are like my pets but I am in the minority a lot of people have horses that do jobs mm. and I work with a lot of clients who have horses and the, those horses are there to do a job mm. and they need to do that job to mm. be able to warrant their life being there which yeah. is not so much the case in the dog world thankfully and it is changing in the horse world slowly so yeah i would turn up to my new client and i would firstly be very observant on where the horse is kept mm. how the horse is kept i want to know about the diet I want to know about the type of exercise, the type of job that horse does. If they have a job, I want to know about the dental, whether their teeth have been regularly done. So horses, unlike dogs, I mean, dogs do need dental work, yeah. but horses have should have six monthly dental checks. Um, that's quite important. So they need to be up to date with that. Why is it? So for people who wouldn't know, and that's kind of a curious question for me as well, why do you feel like it has to be so much? Why is it more important for horses? Because of the wearing down, so they yeah. need to wear their teeth down, basically. Right. You have also, you have as babies, um, so it's important for all ages of horses, but um, babies and the geriatric horses, it's really, really important. So the baby's teeth are growing, so they, have, they lose their milk teeth mm. around five, mm. and the little teeth come through. <clears throat> and then as they get older, dental disease, like with dogs, is, is, is really, uh, you know, is a bad, is, it's a thing, yeah, and it yeah. happens. And they can get impactation. They have um, diseases, Patch, one of my ponies, he has a disease in his mouth where the teeth dissolve. Wow. Yeah, so oh. he has to have, um, he has teeth checks, dental checks every six months and he's had to have several removed. Um, you can get chipped teeth, you have, they have wolf teeth, some horses will have wolf teeth, um, which might need removing. I'm going to cough, sorry. <laughs> <coughs> and um, so yeah, dental work is really important. So, and also because they're ridden, if you think about that, if they're bitted, yeah, so they have a bit yeah, in their mouth yeah. and they've got dental pain and mm. their teeth get sharp. So rabbits need quite often they need dental work doing because their teeth are constantly growing and they get sharp so they need filing down it's mm. a similar thing with the horses mm. so those teeth get sharp and then you put a bit of equipment yeah. in their mouth yeah. Ouch. and they can cut yeah. their mouths from the inside mm. it's not good so dental work is really important so I'd make sure all of that is up to date I would really really want to check the environment I want to see where the horse is living whether they're living in a field or in a stable whether they've got company 
whether they are what their ridden um, world is like um, whether they've got any behavioral issues mm. because that's also really important behavior and pain are quite often linked so we have well I hear things like um, you know he he always puts his ears back when I bring the saddle out mm. well to me that's a sign that he you know the saddle is not he's not so keen on the saddle coming out so why is that mm. or he mm. that horse bucks when we take the right canter lead well does it on the left no doesn't do it on the left only does it on the right well that's not okay we need to look at that so there's so I'll talk about all of that mm. so also diet we need to look at diet yeah. <coughs> gastric ulcers is a huge issue um, with horses especially high performance horses but can be all horses are susceptible so uh, high performance horses that are quite often over threshold that have quite a quite high energy are expected to do a lot of high performance work it can be quite stressful for them mm. especially if they're not housed in a more natural environment they might be in a stable most of the time that's quite a small space if we think about um if we think about i know we should you know Hamsters are not the funny pet, aren't they? Hamsters. But if you think about the size of the hamster, and and I'm not saying that this is great, but you think about the size of the hamster and you think about the average hamster cage, okay? Yeah. Still not great, is it? But then you compare that hamster to the size of a horse and put it in the size of that stable. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty... It's quite different, isn't it? It's pretty shocking. Mm. Um, So, yeah. So there's all sorts of things we want to look at. So we want to look at nutrition, we want to look at health, we want to look at dental, we want to look at performance, we want to look at the equipment that you use on the do- on the horse. So like you do, we do with the dogs, with yeah. harnesses and leads. Yeah. It's the same with the horse. Mm. So we want to make sure that the tack fits. Does the saddle fit? When was the saddle checked? Because horses, guess what? They change shape, mm. you know? Do you get many, like, skin issues of horses? Like, some, you know, some dogs quite often get... To- quite sore rashy that type of you thing you can do i mean you yeah you you would do a certain amount of static observations yeah so that i was just wondering be... and also from but from ill-fitting like saddles or rubs like, yeah. yeah 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 you get rug rubs yeah rug rubs are very common mm. and and quite often owners don't do anything about it which i find really strange and they'll rub on like the points of the shoulder yeah um yeah you do get that because mm. again it's you know a size a 15 hand horse and you'll get a rug that, well, that 15-hand horse might be completely different shape to the other 15-hand horse. You yeah. know, you get leggy horses, you yeah. get bony horses, you get bulky horses, you know. Mm. So just like any individual, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, so we're not, we might be a size 10 in Marks and Spencers, but a size 8 somewhere yeah. else. You know, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. And again, horses' weight will fluctuate. So they tend to get fatter in the summer and be a little bit leaner in the winter. So that saddle that you bought in the summer mm. might not fit quite as well in the winter. Mm. So you need to get that checked and flocked. And I'm not a saddle fitter, and that's not my job. But I know when a saddle is too tight, and I know when a saddle's too long, and I also know when a rider's too fat to ride their horse. <laughs> <laughs> Which no, also yeah, happens. There's no polite way of saying that, but it's true, isn't it? <laughs> it is true. It is true. And and weight is an issue. Mm. You know, if, you, if you're wearing a backpack that's too heavy for your back, yeah. you're going to feel hurts. it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're expected to do a lot of work in it. Yeah. So yeah. I look at all of that. So there's a certain amount of static observation. So I, don't, I haven't even touched this horse yet. Yeah. And I've, I'm just soaking up the environment. Mm. I'm asking lots of questions. I'm, I'm a want to know it all, you know, type of person. And, and that's building clues to that picture. It's like a little jigsaw puzzle. Because 
for one of the, you know, we're all human and we, well, apart from the animals that are listening, but... <laughs> and they will be. Well, of course. But, you know, we, we sometimes miss stuff. Yeah. So when someone's asking us questions, we might answer those questions and then we completely miss a, a really obvious point. So, mm. so delving a little bit deeper. So you can, you have a list of questions that you'll ask on the phone, you know, talk about that horse for me blah 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 and then when you get there you know you'll have a whole other yeah. host of questions because you've seen where the where the horse is now kept and yeah. you've seen you know how it moves on before you've even touched it you see how it stands its posture mm. you know it, is it is it standing well, again you know compare it to a human is it slouching yeah is it stood with a good posture at all four feet square is yeah. it resting on one leg all this stuff this is all before you've even touched so that you know that's kind of and then i think it's really important that you ask the questions as well and you listen and you really really listen to the horse how it moves so i want to see the horse move sometimes that doesn't happen yeah so how do you do like a gait analysis so for people who don't know what a gait analysis is it's basically when you're literally watching how that dog or how that horse is moving how do you tend to do it with horses so normally the horse so for example i arrive and the horse is in the stable at a yard yeah they get the, so I don't know how this is another thing you see I don't know how long I'll ask how long that horse has been in the stable yeah. because if it's an older horse and it's been in that stable for 12 hours it's probably going to be a bit stiff when yeah. it walks out yeah. so I need to kind of be aware of that yeah. um, so anyway so let's say the horse is in the stable the owner brings the, the, the horse out and it's just a routine We, you know there's no issues going on it's just a routine physio check because the horse is in ridden work three or four times a week for example so I will ask to see the horse walk up and down probably several times. We do a lot of recording, you do a lot of recording. Yeah. You see a lot in, you can slow-mo videos. So would that be the owner the literally owner. holding the horse and walking On, them up yeah, and down? Yeah, head, head yeah. collar, lead rope and walking the horse up and down. And then I would look from the back, the front and the side, mm. both sides. Then I'd like to see the horse trot. Yeah. Exactly the same, back, front, side to side. And then I'd like to see the horse turn. So I want to see the horse turn. With dogs, I normally do sit to stand yeah. and down to stand, but um, or down to sit. So with horses, I want to see them turn clockwise. I want to see them turn anti-clockwise. And I'm looking for several things. I'm looking to see how comfortable that, that circle is. And mm. I want a, quite a tight circle, quite a small circle. But I also want to see whether the hind is stepping under. So yeah. as they turn in that circle, whether they can step under with their hinds. And quite often, they'll have a preferred side. So do you want them to step under or you don't I want I do them. want them you, to yeah. step under. If they yeah. can't, there's a, there, there's a reason. Yeah, I want them to step under, and generally, so if it's a, if this this horse we're talking about, which is just routine, it can step under fine, um, and yeah, so I want to see that. But I want to see, but also that will give me clues to see whether the right side steps under easier than the left. Mm. Is it stickier? So I might they might have to do it a couple of times because again, you don't know how stiff they are. Yeah. you know that kind of thing. They might because they might do it one it. time and then you do it another time and they're fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you must never like best out of three or something. Yeah. Um, and then I'll make a note of okay, so they step under easier on the on the right than the left. So what's the preferred rein? So when you're riding them, which way round the arena do they like to go? Because again, they will have a preferred preferred way and there's nothing wrong with that a lot of people get oh they must be even yeah well, i don't well, we're, we're all yeah say so we've got right we're right foot or right-handed or left-handed and it's exactly the same yeah. with a horse it's yeah. just good to know yes 
and it's also does that marry up with the yes. muscle tissue and the yeah. tone and what you're seeing with everything else so it's just information really so there's all of that and I do look at skin I look at skin to see whether the skin they've, they've got a glossy coat or a dull coat mm. the eyes the ears everything mm. are they, are they do they look itchy because horses suffer from sweet itch and itchy stuff and yeah. eczema and you know all sorts of stuff and at the moment I've got a horse with me who's got equine asthma and her coat is completely different to everybody else's oh. and I really think it's reflected yeah. that, that that health is reflected yeah. in your skin yeah. Yeah? yeah 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 and I think it's well, the it's same thing it's our biggest thing. organ and I'm assuming it must be for the yeah, of course as well. yeah. yeah exactly yeah. so it, there's so there's a huge amount goes on before you you touch that animal mm. um and then normally this is a big difference between horses and dogs normally I say but not always um, the horse will be tied up with its hay net and then I can start palpating. Um, and so this is very different because obviously horses in general are trained to stand still yeah. while humans groom them and tack them up. And they might, they'll have a hay, I like them to have a hay net so that they can eat if they want to. Sometimes if I'm working with the neck, you know, they I need, I need them not to eat. Yeah. So it depends. But generally I want them to um, not, be stood there thinking oh exactly yeah yeah and I think that's it but they are in some ways easier to work on than yeah. dogs because you can get some wriggly little yeah. monkeys yeah, with dogs can. and it's hard yeah. they're not used to it yeah. as where a horse generally is they're groomed every time they before they're ridden mm. they're used to it so and, and dogs aren't so that that's very different and then from then on the the, the, the basics of our treatment is is near enough the same mm. The moves, the stretches are slightly different. I'll do different things because I've learned different modalities along the way. <coughs> Just like you, we're mm. not purely physios. We yeah. do so many other stuff as well. Um, so there are different aspects to our jobs. But, you know, we do a lot of static observations, a lot of, of palpation and etc. Mm. That is the same as you would with the, with, would you with work the dog. Would you work for longer on a horse? I'm assuming Not you necessarily, would. Not necessarily, no. Really? Okay. Yeah, it just depends on, yeah. the, on the horse and what it needs. And Absolutely. Like yeah. And I think sometimes, you see, not necessarily because the, the horses are still generally. Yeah. So they are, yeah. and they don't need the brakes. Yes. I find with dogs, when I work with dogs, quite often we'll do a bit and then we have a break. Yeah. yeah. Because we're having to, we're having to use quite a lot of food motivation I'm a big fan of peanut butter as a safe peanut butter yeah. to just keep them still while I'm palpating and working on an area and it's quite intense mm. it's, it's a lot more intense for mm. Um, mm. a dog than it is for a horse because the horse is generally used to conditioned yeah. habituated yeah. to standing to stand still you know that, yeah, yeah yeah so it's quite interesting though so when you're um, so kind of putting it into context with regards to sort of turning up to a dog, or, you know, to treat a dog. So the way that you're observing that whole environment, like the yard, like you say, how long mm. have they been in the stable for, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, is their food fed from a height? Is yeah. it low? That's the same yeah, as a so dog. It's really, There's it, so it is, many similarities. There are lots of, I mean, I know, like you say, there are differences, but there are similarities to say because I'll... I'll always um, chat to the owner before I ever meet a dog yeah. um, and find out a bit more about them over the phone. And obviously I've got the you know information that comes from the vet, vet notes and the clinical history and what have you. And maybe there's a diagnosis, maybe you haven't always got it necessarily, but you've, you've got an idea about what's mm. going on. Um, and it's interesting you're saying about the vet, because we're both big into the whole behavior thing, especially with what some of the work that you're doing with, um, with the horses. 
and you know I do work with quite a few different reactive dogs now and so I'll always make sure that okay is your dog reactive to people or is it just other animals that type of thing and so as you'll be asking them about where they you know where they've been kept and what have you for a period of time if I know that a dog is potentially going to find it hard for me to be able to go into their house because that can be quite dogs can get quite territorial so a lot of the time I actually ask the owner to meet me outside mm. especially for the very first time before I've met them in a park you know yeah. just so they I'm just like some person at the end of the day and then we sort of take it forward so it's, it's and that can link to horses you do get horses that are territorial with their stables uh, it's it's not that common mm. but you can i have seen it i have seen stable guarding you yeah. know it does happen um it's it's less common yeah um but it, it does it does definitely happen and when you walk when you're working on a horse like quite often if there's so if i'm treating a dog and i know that there's other dogs in the house i i tend to request that the other dogs are kept separate just because a lot of the time they just want to get involved yeah. and, you know they want to be part of the action they want the peanut yeah. butter that's what I they mean, want i mean if they if i you know if i know that they can um if they're otherwise occupied as well it's it's kind of okay but i do um i do it's, it, i just find it's easier to have them separate at certain times do you find that with horses? If you're it does not, horse, you don't get they it. They don't come over. And Although, say, no, actually, I did. I did have it. Our lovely Patreon, Victoria, who will be listening to this. So I went and treated her two horses in a field with the rest of the herd, and it was it was fun. Did they come <laughs> up was, to you? Oh, they were everywhere. It's they quite were, funny you're saying that because <coughs> we're actually getting very close to the cows. Yeah, they're ignoring oh, us. The we'll cows. be fine. Yeah, they're they're, they're just good chilling. cows. Um, no, they did. They all got involved, <laughs> and it was it it slowed me down. Yeah, <laughs> but we carried on. It, I want to I want to work with the animals most comfortable. Yeah, I think that's primary because I'm there to work on physical needs yeah. although there are you know we do look into mental well-being as well because it's part of yeah. physical you know if you're Absolutely. mentally unstable you're physically unstable yeah. you know vice versa so and of course we're interested in behavior um, as for our own animals and anyway so I want the animal to be as comfortable as it can be with human touch yeah because let's face it some of it might be a bit sore yeah and that's you know we might be called out because that animal is sore and therefore we might actually find a sore spot and have to work through that and that's not great but we have to do it so the cows are stampeding they are. Now, I think but they're going be, past it must, it be, must feeding be feeding time, time. <coughs> oh, it's so lovely oh, to watch it's so lovely. This is like recording a, an episode of The Archers or something, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so basically, for any dog, for any horse, for any cat, for any tortoise, for any rabbit, you want it to be, for any animal, you want it to be in the best, the most comfortable place. Yeah. 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 So if it, that means that it has to be in the field with its field mates, then yeah. that's what I'll do. Yeah. It's yeah. not ideal, and Victoria, bless her. Yeah, it, it was, we did it, and it was great, and the, the horses were great, and they felt really comfortable. Um, and, you know, there, there may be history of separa separation anxiety there, so mm. therefore that's the way it was. But it doesn't make it that easy. Yeah. And it's not generally the norm, but yeah. you, you, obviously you would do it. You, and, and the same with a dog. So if I've got, I do treat a dog who does have separation anxiety with its other dog. So mm. they are both there. Yeah. And they both get peanut butter and they both get fishy treats. And, <laughs> you know, we both have time out. And it, that's what you do. Yeah. But ideally, 
generally what happens is the horse is in its stable, we do the walk up, the trot up, the, t the circles, goes back in the stable, I treat. So you tend to do it in the stable? Can be, or in the yard, it yeah. depends on the setup, or yeah. can be in the field, it depends on the setup. What, I, what you tend to find, unless the horse lives alone, which is unusual, most horses, well naturally, obviously they would live with other horses, some horses live on their own, I find that quite sad, but most horses live in you know groups or a small herd or with another horse or at least can see other horses so as long as there's another horse around for them to see to, to help them then then that's generally fine but normally on a yard on a busy yard which is i go to a lot of big yards they're in their stables and and they're all next to each other with you know mm. munching away on their hay and then i go and do my thing yeah so do you do you have a preference as to whether you treat horses or dogs Oh, no, not really. Mm. I have, I, it's a bit like, I suppose you like them for just for different it's, reasons. It's I'm very thinking. different. I love my doggy days. I have, I have, a, I have, I tend to do dogs one day, horses one day, dogs right. one day, horses one day. Um, I don't tend to do a horse and a dog. That's weird and I don't yeah. know why. I don't tend to mix the species. Yeah. So, um, and I have, I don't, I think... It depends where I go. I think dogs can be more fun because there's less pressure on them to perform. Yeah, yeah. So doggy people can be... This is going to sound really bad because I'm going to put it on my... Horsey people can be tricky because I, they want that horse to... You know, I had a client recently who the horse, the saddle doesn't fit. She knows the saddle. She said to me, I don't think the saddle fits. We, so I said, well, let's have a look. No, it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't fit. It's yeah. too tight. It's yeah. too long. It's too tight. She's tiny, so the the weight of her is no issue. But it's pinching. Yeah. So um, she's booked in the saddle fitter to come. The saddle fitter can't come for a two week time lapse. So she's riding in a different saddle um, at the moment. And I've said, okay, I don't want you to jump in that saddle. It's an okay fit, but it's not great. It's not been fitted professionally, but it's better than the one you were riding in. But I don't want you to jump in it, and I want you to ride in a light seat so you're completely off that horse's back. Mm. And uh, I get a message, oh, she's feeling really great. When can I jump, and when can I stop in the light seat? And it's yeah. like... Yeah, she's feeling really great. But you know what? The saddle doesn't fit. Yeah. You haven't had that it. That hasn't made the saddle fit. <coughs> no. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, can you just wait two weeks? Yeah. You don't tend to get that with dog owners, yeah. I don't think, yeah. as much. Because it's not, they, they tend to be, it's it's less about them and more about the animal. Well, as with the horses, it's quite a lot of it's about the human. Yeah, and there's a much more of a connection, isn't there, between the human and the horse. I mean, physically, as well as obviously really i guess you know it's sort of a, a spiritual kind of connection as well spiritual power yeah. ego yeah. control exactly. I mean, Whereas, and this sounds awful because i've got some amazing horsey clients who's who all they want is for their horse to be happy mm. and they'll do anything in their path and they don't ride you know yeah. and i still go out yeah. you know it's the, and you of course that's really important too you don't mm. have to be a ridden horse to have physio mm. you don't have to be a you know you're, you're not a ridden dog yeah <laughs> exactly know? that's what i was kind of working towards is the fact that it's so different isn't it so yes your approach and all the rest of it maybe there's lots of, sort of similarities but ultimately what even if it's a working dog it doesn't have someone attached to them when they're doing it no, it's it's a different pressure, and I do I have some amazing horsey clients. I have some very traditional horsey clients, and I do have to keep my mouth shut on my beliefs. But that's you know I'm there for the horse at the end of the day. Yeah. I do have some sporting clients, um, sporting dog clients, who uh, I think sometimes push their dogs for their own 
enjoyment mm. rather than the dog and mm. um, or they'll say things like oh yeah yeah the dog really loves it the dog really loves it but the next day the dog can't walk properly yeah. and you're like okay so who did we do that for yeah, uh, yeah. And, and that's hard yeah and, and but I think that's something that when the you it's not for us to say but it's for us to kind of whisper yeah so we'll give little clues you yeah. know and then I think when the owner realizes when they if they do because some don't some clearly do not want to know and they'll put their head in the, the sand and forget it, that, that 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 it's maybe them that is pushing pushing their animal too hard but once the human realizes that they've pushed that animal a bit too hard they're heartbroken about yeah, it and they'll yeah. do everything in their power yeah, to yeah. to rectify it or to change and i was one of those people you know i've, I've never been aversive i've never worked my dogs to the brink of them collapsing all my horses but I have gone you'll be all right come on let's go you know yeah. I've I've tried to hide things yeah because I didn't want to see, see it, it. Yeah. yeah I think that's, and, yeah, that's and we have to own up to that yeah. and that's us all learning yeah um, and I think that majority of my clients want to do it for for uh, are there for the animal but unfortunately with horses there is a little bit of ego and control and a lot of pressure from the equine community to perform yeah you know what did you do at the weekend oh i went in the woods with my horse and we had a like lovely walk and a forage what you didn't jump yeah a meter you didn't yeah. you know it's like whereas if you said i did that with my dog people go oh, that sounds lovely yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly so there's pressure yeah. isn't there there's pressure but you know i've had it with dog people that they you know that they want to walk their dog for they want to go out at the weekend for a hike yeah they, they want to go to the Brecon Beacons yeah. because that's what they used to do when their spaniel was three. Yeah. And now their spaniel's ten and it's just had, I don't know, spinal surgery and they want to walk out of the Brecon Beacons and now it's being lazy. It's yeah. Like, okay, no, come on. Exactly. You know, yeah. it, it's, it, it's, a, it's... It is, and I think that's a lot of the time, actually we're nearly at the half an hour mark. So oh, well, see, my we'll podcast this. goes on a lot longer than oh, half okay. an hour. So we're, me and Kate are normally an hour. <laughs> well, we can always, I can always put these into we two parts. We can always do part two. We can always do part two, but... Um, um, but I think that's, I mean, and I talk as a dog owner when I say this, I remember with our previous boy, Jensen, he had so many sort of physical restrictions, really, just because of the way, say, his various issues. And that was a big adjustment for us, that we had to, um, you know, if we wanted to go for a long walk, it meant we had mm. to leave him at home. Or you he, grieve. Yeah. You grieve that and you, time, you, don't you? Yeah, you do, because you're, like you say, you're kind of, a lot of the time people get a dog because they want to do all these things you know they love exercise or they love maybe they want to do a certain sport or something like that and they just want their dog to be part of that but unfortunately or, or they might you know get a dog because they want to become a, they want it to be a show dog or something and mm. then there's faults and all the rest of it and that dream doesn't then happen so then you've got a dog maybe for not the original reason that you wanted them for but then that is grieving isn't it because it you're is. almost grieving for the dog you didn't get yeah or you yeah. haven't got now. absolutely and i think i know that i'm a, I'm a bit of a monkey because i'll be like what's the point of going on a on a walk without a dog yeah i don't want to walk yeah. without a dog yeah. or without a horse yeah. you know and i will walk my horses my yeah. horses go for walks so it's like i don't want to walk with it if i haven't got an animal to walk yeah. then there's no point walking <laughs> which is completely wrong it is because yeah. i love walking yeah. but i do love walking my dogs yeah but i have clients that are the same and it's like well, actually i know this sounds really awful but you can't your needs yeah. is, are now different to yes. that dog's needs and and we're going to have to look at the priority here and the priority might be that your horse can't do what you want it to do anymore mm. and your dog can't do and so we adjust and yeah. we change 
I think the other thing, and I know we are over time, maybe we have to do a part two, is that you don't have so much with dogs with horses, is that selling on. Yeah. So yeah. obviously we've had lockdown and there's been a heck of a lot of um, COVID pups and people had do the dogs, uh, same with horses, the horse market, the dog market, the bird market. I think most animal markets went through the roof mm. and people went out and bought all these animals and they had probably great lives for the first six months and then things start going back to normal. Yeah. And these animals are, you know, it's a challenge now. Yeah. It's much more of a challenge for the owners and, and, and maybe financial changes and domestic changes, etc. But with generally with dogs, they'll stay in one home. Yeah. Generally. Yes. Generally. Yeah. yeah. Um, more often than not. More often yeah. than not. I mean, a lot of my clients have got rescue dogs. I'm yeah. sure yours are the same. But, yeah. you know, they would never think of rehoming yeah. or putting their dog up for sale. Yeah. But with horses, yeah. the horse has, like, could have six, seven owners in its life. I know. That's crazy, isn't it? It is. So, uh, and be and have no control and no choice over that. So, mm. if you think about the, the pony club ponies, so the ones that are ridden by children, you're looking at a year, 18 months tops per per pony per child yeah so if they are seriously into their riding you know they could be they could get through five six horses in their teens yeah you know that's it, it but what's quite interesting about all of that is and when i think about the history of that animal so that horse for instance mm. so say it has got has had say for argument's sake six different owners in its lifetime mm. then that's you know how much is it going to be passed on you know of that of the history the physical history yeah. so people are probably listening to this and realizing actually there's a quite a lot that goes into physiotherapy well as in our approach to it because this is how we think we're not just thinking is this dog or is this horse moving and feeling well we have to think about that whole history yeah. and that whole that whole lifetime that that mm -hmm. dog or that horse has had so with horses i suppose it must be it, it, you have to pay even more of a detective if you if you know you get a sense that there's something that's not quite right but if you don't know the lifetime of that horse mm, then which quite often you don't yeah whereas you know if you've had a puppy or had a dog from a puppy and maybe they get to i don't know three or four years old and there's something that's niggling you know you might say to the owner oh did anything happen say it's its back right leg or something they'd be like oh yeah i remember once that you know he got his leg down a rabbit hole or something and we thought maybe there was an injury like cruise ship probably would be an obvious one there but um but you know whatever happened and it maybe kind of cope with it okay but you know that history yeah whereas if a horse has been to all those different places you haven't got that level of detail no absolutely so you'll have a a pony for example that you'll go and see and it's tight and it's and it, it's tight in its back and it looks like a saddle issue and you'll say to the owner let's have a look at the saddle the saddle looks right but it could have been the saddle before. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's all sorts of things. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got to be quite careful with the ones that are passed around. Um, and also, quite often, they're passed around because of behaviour issues. Mm. And quite often, the behaviour is the horse actually giving information. Yeah. So, um, when we talk about behaviour, so behaviour is everything. Good behaviour, bad behaviour. But if it's unwanted behaviour, so mm. I don't like to call it bad behaviour. Yeah. But if it's unwanted behaviour... Because the horse doesn't know it's bad. No. It's just that we don't want and, it. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it might not even be bad behaviour. Yeah. It might just be actually communication, which yeah. is generally what it is. Yeah. So, it's unwanted, undesirable behaviour for the owner mm. is um well is that horse trying to communicate what is that horse trying to say yeah. and, and you quite often you will have horses that have got these undesired behaviors and dogs too that have undesired behaviors and we've both got rescue dogs yeah. and we've got behaviors undesired behaviors from them yeah that we cope with and live and learn with every mm. day and we don't know 
all the past behind them, but we just see that as communication. So yeah. we're seeing that as information. Okay, so this is, you know, Cricket, my rescue. She is quite high maintenance. She's very big personality, quite independent, very um, prey driven. And she's tricky to manage at times. And so I have to work a different way with her than I work with the labs and you know with yeah. Ziggy my lab and Buddy my Springer door it's completely different mm. she's a completely different individual yeah. her triggers are different yeah the way we she reacts is different and so as a therapist I need to be aware of that and modify my treatment plan if I was going in yeah. to see her yeah it to suit her it's exactly the same with the horses that's exactly the same do you see um Am I right in thinking that you see more horses than you see dogs as a as a physiotherapist? Yes. Yeah. So it might be slightly this might be slightly an unfair question, but would you say that there's more unwanted or whatever word you want to call it in horses than there are in dogs? Do you Behavior. Think, yeah. I don't know actually. Yeah. I I think because um, there's almost more of a reason that horses would have yeah, more issues. I think that's than the dogs. difference. I think there's more of a reason. So is there is there more unwanted? I don't know. We have we have because reactive dogs. There's a lot of reactive yeah. dogs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> probably, probably that you you yeah probably because of the the, the ridden work and the mechanics. <coughs> and some horses are treated as just machines. They're just tools to do a job. Yeah. And they are literally, uh, you know, picked up, tax put on them. The tack doesn't fit but no one really cares. They've learnt helplessness. Learnt helplessness is a huge issue with our horses. Yeah. It is with dogs too. So I've just seen explain them. what learnt helplessness is. So, so learnt helplessness is basically when the animal stops trying. Yeah. So they just literally give up. Yeah. And there's no... So I quite... You know, I quite like argumentative children. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've got character. Yeah, exactly. I was quite argumentative. Yeah. And... Um, that's bad isn't it I wasn't that argumentative but I quite like yeah I like a character yeah. I like I like somebody to be a bit cheeky I mm. like a cheeky dog mm. I like a cheeky horse yeah. I like a personality I like a character I like to see uh, a little bit of personality mm. basically I want to see the individual and sometimes you'll go and see a horse this is definitely more so than dogs but then again I think as a physio, would we be called out to the learned help? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. um, go out and see a horse, and it's shut down. So it's 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 you can do anything to mm. that horse, mm. and you know it's just stood there, yeah. kind of just giving in. It's yeah. giving in. There's no there's no glow in the eye. There's the, the it's just happy to. It's just dull. It's a dull being. Yeah, and that's learned helplessness because they've given up. They've yeah. given up. There's no choice. Yeah, they have no. If you think about our animals, and I don't want to rant on about this too much because we we will be going over our hour, but the lack of choice we give them yeah. is huge. Yeah, and if people could just give them one choice every day, yeah. that would be so cool. You yeah. know, so we choose their names. We choose where they live. We choose where they go. We choose where they don't go. We choose who they play with. We choose who they who they don't play with. Yeah. We choose what they eat. We choose what they wear. Do yeah. you know? You yeah. know? It's yeah. like we choose everything. Yeah. We are controlling this whole being's world. Mm. And when that is quite negative, forceful, you know, the animal, they can try and fight. Yeah. They can try and flee. They can try and 
but what happens is generally they end up freezing and then they end up in mm. you know learn helplessness yeah. and we do see that a lot in horses and I will see that I also I see that with my clients some of my clients will say they're so well behaved yeah and they're not well behaved yeah. they're just, they're just shut get, down yeah I don't see that I, I don't think I've ever treated a dog that has that learned helplessness I don't think I've ever I can't think of one I mean Baxter who say is our rescue he is reactive to things and so we blocked out the boot of our car to stop him looking out because it was just sending him over threshold far 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 too quickly so he's kind of learned I suppose that helplessness and the fact that he doesn't really even though he if he finds a gap in the hole he'll in the, in the boot of the um, in the windscreen then he'll try and have a look out but generally he tends to sit down in the boot of the car now because he knows he can't see out so that's kind of like a learnt helplessness in some ways it is in yeah i think you i love you for this because i remember you speaking to me about this before <laughs> and me going oh my god harriet you provide so much enrichment for baxter <laughs> he is like if i was going to be a dog in a home i'd be baxter <laughs> because this dog has the best life you hire like your secure parks he has dates with his mates <laughs> you know it, it's like he is an amazing life and I actually I think you ought to flip that and look at it another way so you said when he sits in the boot of the car and he can see stuff he goes over threshold yeah so are you encouraging that helplessness or are you lowering his threshold well exactly I be, I'm only using that a, I know but I'm using a, that as an example of how helplessness can be it's I, not yeah. when it's just shut down it doesn't have to be shout and shouted at beaten yes. at and everything yeah. else it can be subtle yes and I get you yeah and, and I suppose if you look at it it's a very subtle <laughs> <laughs> but in the grand scheme of Baxter's life oh I know he, <laughs> you know this this dog is like yeah Steve's probably thinking oh my god Harriet I can't believe you he won't listen to this hopefully <laughs> <laughs> it is the most enriched dog ever so i'd like all my clients and myself i try to do this with my own animals and mm. as we know i have a lot <laughs> to give them and I'm, I'm actually very poor with my sheep at the moment they're, they're my neglected flock but everybody i mean they have a wonderful life but i haven't i haven't spread the enrichment plan yet to the flock but i try and give an enrichment activity to every animal individual bar the sheep i'm working on it every day yeah and that can be as simple as a frozen kong yeah it can be a treat search in the garden yeah. and i do that not a frozen kong for the horses but it could be a treasure hunt for the horses yeah. you know we we save all the cardboard boxes and fill them up with bits of carrot and stuff and chuck them in the field let them trash it you know it could be that we do different piles of hay in a different area mm. you, you know you might put a scent rag out you know all sorts of stuff just one thing a day yeah that's individual and it's a bit of enrichment a bit of choice but also bringing it back to physio yeah in that sorry. you can actually use no but this you is can. A, yeah, but you can use part of this enrichment as part of the physio's kind of homework and that we is. give to it give is. to owners it's I mean, part of our homework definitely. i mean another like easy one that people can do is like if they're walking their dog and if they happen to be on a lead then let them sniff i yeah. mean you know that's giving them a choice they're and not... don't you find when you when you're driving and you go and you see the dog's People trying to sniff and they're dragging them, aren't yeah. they? And you're, I, I, want to, I want to wind my window down and go, you fucking assholes! let <laughs> them bloody sniff. And I'm like, no, you're a professional. You wouldn't say that. And um, beep, beep. That's, that's where we were. But you, but you do. 
don't, yeah. don't you? It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. I you watch it and they, I'm like, they just want oh to my God, your yeah. dog would love you so much more. Yeah. Just let them sniff. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they pee up that and 20 other people have peed. But yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's oh. a really easy one for people to do from an enrichment perspective. But as so I say, easy. when it comes to doing some of the physio homework, then enrichment can be just play a massive part in that. It's a real kind of like double-edged, not a yeah. double-edged that's not the right no, word. No, it's a, it's a real um, double partnership. Win. Yeah, win-win. It's a win-win. It? And, you know, I use snuffle mats an awful lot, so I have quite a reactive dog um, on my books that I, when I when I went, so I, again, we do the whole phone call, how, you know, everything, and she went, well, you won't be able to touch her. Yeah. I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Great fun. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and again, you know, that's quite tricky because when some like I've had it with horses, oh, she'll kick you. Yeah. You're all automatically thinking, are they going to kick me? Are they going to bite me? Yeah. You know, and, and, and we've got to try and manage that, yeah. our feelings, because our, we don't want our heart rate to get up because yeah. the animals They'll can pick up it. on that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and I know you've worked with a lot of reactive dogs, but um, yeah, so it's kind of hard. So you go in with that yeah. big breath, everything's fine. And so with this particular dog, we've used snuffle mats and chicken. Well, that, I'm the, I am that dog's favorite person yeah. because the only time that she gets chicken and is when she has the physio. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's you you do you do think you save that 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 food reward becomes when the physio comes or when you do your exercises. Yeah. And we bring in enrichment in it so yeah. that physio exercises become fun yes. and become doable. And this dog now asks, the owner will message me and say, she asks every evening to do her physio exercises. Oh, and just, and yeah, yeah because so she's cute. she she absolutely loves it. I love so that. she seeks it out yeah. now because we've and it's all enriching. Yeah. It's enriching to her mentally. Yeah. And whilst she's being enriched mentally, then we can do the exercises yeah. that I prescribe. Exactly. And also, it doesn't have to be necessarily even with dogs who maybe are reactive or responsive to certain situations. It can be, you know, a, a dog that's just had spinal surgery and is learning to walk again, you yeah. know, a paralysed dog. And so you can, you know, I've used with clients, you know, a licky mat on the wall or on a bit of, you know, on a raised sort of platform of some sort. And literally, we're just wanting that dog to stand, you yeah. know. So a licky mat can be used for something like that. So it's not because we don't want them to do something. It's just we want to try and make standing, which, let's face it, isn't the most exciting things to be doing. But actually, you're then making standing up actually a little bit more interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah. and actually, that in itself is physio. It is. So it can be done in so many different yeah. ways. There is a, it's a massive broad spectrum. The physio word is a massive broad spectrum because it is... We, we want to look at the physical side, but we also want to look at the mental side. We want to look at the sensory side. We want to look at so many aspects mm. where that animal sleeps. That's, yeah. you know, where it eats, what it eats, everything. It's that it is an individual program. And then because we, we are still learning and evolving as individuals and as therapists ourselves, and our interests are in behavior and enrichment, what I love is that we can bring that into the package yeah, for that animal absolutely. and it's like you know it it kind of just makes that animal's life richer yeah and they don't um, have to miss out I mean again I've had this conversation many times recently actually in the last couple of weeks with different owners where dogs have um you know have big mobility restrictions because of either injury or um uh, surgery which they're recovering from what have you and you know Owners sort of, you know, they're told, you know, strict rest and then, you know, gradual in uh, gradual physio. It can be it? really depressing for dogs. And I remember that with with Jensen. And I, I look back and I think, oh, I wish I'd done so much more enrichment with him when he was mm. recovering from his. But anyway, but 
to the here and now um you know again i had this conversation with owner this morning because they're just about to go on holiday and they want to be able to go to the beach but the dog is you know she's still recovering from um from the you know her, from her injury and i said well look you can still i mean luckily she's a small dog i said you can still take her you know you can either carry her or we you can get like a doggy push chair or doggy stroller which i know some people are a bit about but actually these are really practical tools because it means that your dog can still go with you mm. can still have that experience of not being left at home or left in an environment and missing out they can still I so you can go to the beach and you can do your little bit of physio you know, she's got five or six different physio exercises she can do I said look you can do this on the beach yeah you know it yeah. doesn't have to be in your front room it doesn't have to be in your back garden mm. you know there's a park across the road as long as it's um, you know it's not gonna get knocked over by a load of dogs coming running through or you know kids gonna be knocking them over your dog can still go out mm. and go to all those places and do all those things it's just you're just controlling you're keeping them safe ultimately. Yes, yeah but it doesn't mean that they have to miss out they can still sniff the air watch the world go by be with you mm. you know so physio can be it can be yes it can be sitting in in um, in the kitchen or in the back room or in the garden doing 10 repetitions of a certain thing that's some maybe some 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 things that people get prescribed but that's not really what we're well I, I can't really speak for you but I know I know it's not what you're about it's about look let's try and get that dog moving and feeling better as soon as possible but also not making it a hard slog I don't mm. want it to be it's physio time you know these things can be part of that day-to-day -day routine yeah. for the dog I think I think um, you want it to be fun and interactive and being creative is really helpful mm. and I think again if it's if it's drilled and if you have to do physio time I think physio time is actually quite nice when you said it. If it's playtime, if, play you, time, if it's playtime, yeah. which is what we try yes. and make it. But if it, yeah, if it's, it's not like you will do ten yeah, reps, you exactly. will do well, six to seven. And, and unfortunately, sometimes that's what people do prescribe, and sometimes that's what owners think they have to do. Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to and be. And no, like it that. doesn't have to. And and it, you, sh the the really important thing is that animals have mental health too. Yes. And and yes. if the, if we can if we can enhance their physical health we can enhance their mental yes. health and we can marry the two together yeah. we have to be creative yeah we have to be on the ball we are yeah. always learning aren't yeah we? absolutely and, and bouncing ideas off each other and mm. what like what we've said right at the beginning of this recording what works for one dog what works for one horse yeah. will not work for another yeah. we have energy conservers in our in our dogs and horses and we'll have you know quite explosive animals uh, you know the spectrum is massive mm. you know i'll have you know, your sleepy, quiet labs that are doom, 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 doom. Yeah. But then you'll have a bouncy, crazy lab. You yeah. know, that you can't even yeah. be... It, you can't not, make any assumptions. <clears throat> no, no, you really can't. And it's exactly the same with the horses. Mm. You know, people will say, oh, typical ex-racer. Well, what is a typical X-ray? Yeah. Because I know some that are amazing, and I know some that are quite physically broken, and some that are quite mentally broken. Mm. You know, so it's it's individual, yes. and I think that's really really important. And we need to up our game as therapists. And I think as owners of animals, I if I need to go and pull in an expert, I, I want I want to be able to quiz them. Yeah. I want them to be the best that they can be. Yeah. For my animal. Yeah, knowing that everything everything is with all of the right intentions yeah. and you're working together because as I say you can have an injury you can have cruciate ligaments such a common unfortunately such a common injury that you see on on, on dogs um, but the the rehab plan that I'll put together for one cruciate ligament situation is going to be completely yeah. different to another one and yet 
you know, it, it, it's not like, oh, here's the rehab for cruciate ligament. It's not, it's not like There's that. There's no set structure. No. And it's the same with the horses. Um, and because, and the cats, the rabbits and the tortoises. But, and the sheep. <laughs> and the sheep. And the birds. And the birds. <laughs> because their environment's different. Yeah. Where they sleep's different. Where yeah. they live's different. Who they eat And what was to, their existing you know, health yeah, like? Exactly. What were they like before? Yes. You know, if I broke my leg and you broke your leg, our league time of getting better is going to be completely different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's the same as if you put... I, I was chatting to a student the other day and we were talking about rehab plans and she was she's in her 20s and I said, you know, you give me... If somebody gave me, us both, the same gym plan... Yeah six weeks time you're going to look completely different to me you're yeah. going to look a lot better than I am yeah. because I'm 25 yeah. years older than you yeah. it's impossible yeah. for me to yeah. you know I might in another three months get there yeah. <laughs> but it's impossible yeah. we've got to be realistic and I think it's about keeping it fun being realistic mm. and also trying to give those animals choice yeah choice and just, in their life but also I think understanding their age and you just mentioned it a minute ago it's like unfortunately you know dog we want our dogs we want our animals to be with us forever mm. but unfortunately you know if you take the lifespan of a dog say it's 15 you know 15 years to us I mean I can remember 15 years ago like, I mean I've been together with Steve nearly 15 years and that's like feels like no time at all do you mm. know what I mean but it's 15 years ago whereas that's a lifetime for a dog I know so how dogs age and again I think sometimes that can help people get it get it into perspective yeah. it's like you know if I'm treating maybe a nine or a ten year old dog that could be the equivalent of like seven, a dog, again because it's normally done on the side of the dog as to how you're treating old ladies but it, you, yeah, but you are <laughs> but you're treating like an 80 or 90 year old so it's I like know. you have to be realistic you know yes of course you've got the you know you there's always a, an old lady or an old man at 90 years old is running a marathon yeah, you know you're always going to yeah. get those extremes but that isn't the norm necessarily no. but that does happen and so we have to remember that we have from an expectation perspective it's like just remember how old they are once something has happened mm. because that will really help yeah i think again that's a lot to do with us as humans uh, learning to grieve that yeah. dog uh, you know that's aging and that yeah. you know like we want to walk but we can't yeah. and, and again if, if something happens to them when they're young and that puts a real spanner in the works for their mobility future yeah. <clears throat> and maybe that's not what you had in mind yeah. and that's but you're not going to give up because no. you love your animal yeah. but that's really hard yeah it's so hard for the human to to come to terms mm. with that you know and and um, you're treating the animal in front of you yeah and it's not what was the intended always necessarily yeah. but ultimately you love your animal and you want to do the best for them and hopefully everyone that's listening kind of understands now of how like how much goes into physio because it isn't just a question of that we just like rock up for an hour or so we do our thing and then we take leave. our dollar yeah we, and then that's <coughs> it i mean literally if we're not treating animals then we're normally talking about them or reading about them or, or thinking about or thinking them. about them or watching a webinar about them or reading a book about i them. know this <laughs> week i've got three lectures in the evening all animal related yeah. so it is you know and even my drive home so becky and i have met um about halfway between where we live and so on my way home i'm going to be listening to a different podcast yeah you know? this, I'm the same and yeah. then but that's that's how it is so hopefully. and also I think about my clients dogs yes. and horses they keep me awake at yeah, night yeah I know like how am I going to adjust this and yeah. I wonder how that's working yeah and how are they getting yeah, on yeah and and I need to touch base with them and see how they're going with that and I know that was tricky last time I hope they're feeling they've got it this time you know all of that yeah we're we are constantly um 
in our in our heads. Our heads just one yeah. great big mush of, uh, of learning and evolving and thinking about our clients and working the hardest we can to be the best we can to offer that service. And we can't fix it all. Some things aren't fixable. And then it's and then it's about managing that as well yes. because. You know, at the end of the day, there's always some good we can yes, do. Yes, absolutely. I was just about to say that. There's always something. Like, I, again, I'll have this conversation going. This is like, there will always be something we can do. Yeah. You know, it might not be to exactly to where you maybe want to always get but ultimately there is always something we can do and so hopefully hopefully people will be understanding listening to us that we love our job don't we, we let's do face it we have seriously got the best job ever uh, we feel very lucky well i feel very very i won't speak for becky but i feel very so <laughs> lucky that i get to do this every day you know it's just it's almost like a dream come true i never would have thought any of this you know a few years ago but to do what i do now every day i just i don't take it for granted in one for one moment I just I just love it and um, I'd say it's a real privilege that people ask us to help help their animals I completely agree and you you are so dedicated and it's it's lovely <laughs> As are you. I know no I am I am and I know we bounce a lot of ideas off each other and we have a lot of fun and and it, it's great and it's great to have a buddy that's um, so enthusiastic and and with it you know with, with High me five, with it. baby there you go <laughs> Well, look, my battery—I've got very little battery left on my on my iPad recording there. So, and we're nearly at the hour. So I know. And sorry for my up. swearing, but I think sometimes it has to be yeah, said. Yeah, sometimes you just need a an f bomb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bomb it out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll put links to our contact details. If if, if anyone's listens that far and they think, oh, yes, I really want Becky to treat my horse, or yes, I really want Harriet or Becky to treat my dog, then um, you can get hold of us with the contact details we'll put on the description for this. But hopefully, that's given you an insight as to how you know how we approach um, our physio sessions, and and it's not just about the physio. As I say, we try and um, if we're not qualified or don't have the right knowledge, we will always point you in the other in another direction to get the or we'll find the information and, and give that to you yeah absolutely it, it, you know your the success for your animal feeling moving better is 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 so important to us and um as i say it's a real honor to do it so and a big shout out to all our clients dogs horses yes. cats rabbits and tortoises because without them exactly they're our greatest teachers they are they? they are they're yeah. fabulous i love them all oh Goodness, right. Well, all the cows have gone now. We haven't got stampeded, so that's cool. Um, and yeah, you know where we are if you want to get in contact with us. See you later. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to make contact with either Kate or myself, you can contact us via Facebook. We are Little Green Stables or Ecological Positive Partnerships. Or you can check me out, Becky, on my website, www.littlegreenstables.com. We'd really like to make our podcast interactive. So if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss, then that would be great. So send us a message either via our website or via our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube channels. Thanks. Bye bye.